Hello, hello. You are listening to Forefront. This is a podcast where we're going to talk about our marriage, our family, our friends, all the things that are filling up our life right now. So we encourage you to eavesdrop in. I'm Christina Hannon, and this is my husband, Adam. We've been married for 16 years. We have four kids. We love going on walks together in the afternoon, and we also love our Nespresso machine, which one of our kids put googly eyes on it, by the way. The Nespresso machine, I mean, I don't even know. It's part of the I family. I want to say that it's taken coffee to a new level at our house, but really, it's just kind of a glorified K-cup. Oh, totally. I remember when we were in the store, like, contemplating, because it was on mega sale. We're like, uh, should we, shouldn't we, I don't want to spend the money on it. So we justified it as an investment in our marriage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we could sit out on the gazebo together and have an, uh, an espresso. And then we walked out with the machine. It was great. It was wonderful. I really secretly, I just bought it for the milk frother. Yeah, you did. Because that came with it for free. They threw that in. So here's the thing. And we're going to talk about the Nespresso machine later in the podcast. You don't know about this yet, Christina, but I I may have picked up a part-time job because of it. Really? Mm, I cannot wait. Like, (laughs) I want to listen to this podcast. (laughs) What's happening to my life? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Retirement plans. All right, so starting off, tell me something that has brought you joy this week. I was able to buy plane tickets this week. Yeah. We are going to Washington, D.C. I've always wanted to go there. Seriously. Love American history. Gotta go. Yes. This is a homeschooling dream come true of mine. <laughs> I always, I just think it's such a great place to take I mean, anyone, really. I was going to say your kids. You could take but, your I husband. mean, you could take your yeah, husband. You could totally. take your grandma. It would be a great place for anyone to go, really. <laughs> like, if you're an American, you should go to Washington, D.C. There's so much history. I hear a lot of the museums are free. I don't know. I need to research. Yeah. So that's what I'm entering into. And I love it. I get so excited. I think I have more fun, maybe not, maybe more fun planning a trip. Than I actually do on the trip, but I really have a great time. You have on a the wonderful trip, time so. on the trip, so it's it's a win both ways. So I think <laughs> it's almost like two trips, like this pre-planning of like I'm on a trip already because I'm going to the library already to get all the books on Washington D.C. Well, think about Christmas for a second. The anticipation of Christmas is just as joyful as actual Christmas Day, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, you look at the kids, you know, trying to figure out what their presents are. I mean, trying to guess what the presents are is just as fun as opening them. All that to say, we've got, what, two months before our trip, and it's going to be an exciting two months. It is. Well, something for me, uh, we got a new board game. Yeah. It was amazing. So if you've ever played Apples to Apples, this is very similar. It's called What Do You Meme? We played this for the first time at Arby's just because... It was hilarious. That's where life took us that day. Yeah. We were at Arby's and I was laughing so hard. I was... I was crying. Like people are like <laughs> he was. <laughs> if you were in Arby's, like I'm sorry and like, I'm okay. What is wrong with this guy? <laughs> I'm okay, but that was so funny, so funny. Now you were saying that this was the what do you mean family? The family edition. So I played the original edition of what do you mean, mm-hmm. and it was funny and it was fun, but it wasn't appropriate for kids. Sure. So when I saw that they had come out with a family edition, I. I bought it instantly. I was like, you are in my cart right now. So 
I'm glad that you enjoyed it. <laughs> it was so fun. I'm still trying to recover from laughing that hard. It was so good. So good. So this next part of the podcast, usually where we ask each other, like, what's something that's been hard for you this past week? I struggled with this one. Yeah. You have a good life. <laughs> your wife bought your tickets to Washington, D.C. Ah! Everything's amazing. And you have Nespresso. Everything is awesome. <laughs> you know, it, it has been a good week. I'm not saying I don't have problems, but I was struggling to think of something that was hard this week. Like it took some time. It took some effort. And I, I, I could easily like find things to complain about. I didn't oh, want to yeah. go there. Yeah. So yeah, let's pull back the curtain a little bit on this podcast. We included this section, What's Something Hard This Week, mm -hmm. uh, to kind of push us into a spot of vulnerability. Right. Um, and I think that's important. I think that's healthy. Yeah. And good. Yeah. The last thing we would want is for someone to listen to this podcast and think that we have a perfect life it's and that we have perfect. all of everything together. That right. is not true. Right. But we also don't want to live a life with a mindset where we are dwelling on hard and bad things or like mm -hmm. you said complaining about things yeah yeah it could easily go that way especially if you're trying too hard to be vulnerable and then it's not it's not authentic if you're trying too hard to be authentic right right but here's the thing like i was thinking about what's been hard and the only thing that was on the top of my mind the forefront of my mind when it came to hard things was a hard challenging conversation I had with one of my kids mm -hmm. and I was thinking about the word vulnerable and what does that mean it means to be at risk right mm -hmm. and like this conversation with my with our kid I'm okay putting myself out there and putting myself at risk just open like there's some something healthy about that yeah, yeah. if you're putting yourself at risk is it worth it to put somebody else at risk? I don't want to talk about my kids in a negative light. Right. I don't want to put them at risk. I certainly don't want to put my wife at risk. There's right. no benefit to that. So are we being too guarded? I don't think so. I don't want to be too guarded, but I also want to guard what's valuable in, in like somebody else's junk. Right. Yeah. You don't want to throw anyone under the bus. Right. Especially your family. Right, right. Because they, they are vulnerable. Your kids are vulnerable. Your wife is vulnerable. Hmm. Um, people who put their trust in you, they're vulnerable. You know, you want to respect those friendships. Mm -hmm. And I'm fine throwing myself under the bus for the record. But in that light, what's been hard for me this week is coming up with something hard. And I'm okay. I think that's, I think that's a good problem to have. <laughs> That is a good problem to have. Well, I'll go next. I mean, sure. the, the thing that's been hard for me this week, and it's not just this week. It's just especially bad today, apparently. Oh. I can't remember names. I oh. struggle remembering people's names. Yeah. Why is that? And I, <laughs> I even read a book, like how to remember people's names. That was a was, fun one. It was hilarious, actually. It was like you had to try and think of things that associations. these people, yeah, associations, what they remind you of. The weirder, the better. Yeah. Like if it's really weird and off the wall, it'll help you actually remember if you associate somebody's face with something weird. Yeah, especially if you can make it rhyme with something oh, funny. Yeah. But then you have to remember not to say the rhyme out loud <laughs> when you say that person's name. 
I think I just like panic. Like when I introduce myself to someone and I hear their name for the first time, I'm like, I already forgot it. Like you just said it and I already forgot it. I didn't even have a chance to make that association yet. Mm -hmm. I think I need to make flashcards. Yeah. I've kept a chart of our neighborhood in the past. Oh, man. I did. Because for the longest time, our next door neighbor and I, we introduced ourselves when we first moved into the neighborhood, Mm -hmm. and we immediately forgot each other's names. And that was clear. And neither one of us was willing to admit that we forgot each other's names. So for, I think it was like three, four years, we just referred to each other as neighbor. Hey, neighbor. (laughs) Yeah. How's the weather, neighbor? That was it. Until I, I, I think I told you like, hey, if you see me out there talking to neighbor, why don't you come outside and address me by name? Like, say, Adam, I need you in the house for whatever. Yeah. So he heard my name because so he heard you he use it. So then he knew your name, but you didn't know his name. Right. But he caught the idea and had his wife do the same thing. Oh, clever. So then I quit, you know, as soon as I heard his name, I went inside, I wrote it down, and then I pulled the same trick on as many people in the neighborhood as I could. So I actually kept a chart on top of the refrigerator. As soon as I learned somebody's name, I'd quick write it down. Otherwise, it would be lost forever. I heard a trick, too. Like, if we're if we're together and I know the person's name, I would introduce you. Have you met my friend Sue? This mm. is my husband, Adam. But if I reverse it and I say, this is my husband, Adam, then you know to jump in and say, oh, hi, I'm Adam. So nice to meet you. What's your name? And you ask the question because you're just coming into the conversation. Well, that's smart. So if I know their name, I would lead with that. But if I don't, we would secretly have this conversation, even though it's not a secret anymore because now it's on the podcast. Everyone knows. (laughs) Oh, she forgot my name. She introduced her husband first. This is good stuff. This is really good. (laughs) All right. So what has been a thought, a dream, or a desire that's been on the forefront of your mind? This week, I've really been thinking a lot about the gospel, which is a great thing to think about. Mm -hmm. We've been doing a lot of training at church this semester on how to share the gospel. And just even in my own personal Bible reading, I've been studying through Ephesians and several things have just been coming up. You know how you just kind of keep getting hit with the same idea over and over and over again from all the different sources that, you know, I'm reading in Ephesians and I'm reading this other book and it jumps out at me there and then something else over here. And, and so all these pieces have just been kind of tumbling around in my mind and so one of them is the idea of a total depravity, right? Yeah. If you don't know, total depravity is a theological term or idea uh, used by Calvinists and uh, highlighted in what they call TULIP. It's an acronym, but we'll post more on what that is in the show notes. I had always thought total depravity is that we're as sinful as we could possibly ever be. Mm-hmm. That was my understanding is to- of total depravity. But what I have been studying this week was that total depravity doesn't mean that we're as sinful as we could ever be. It just means that our sin nature extends into every part of us. So mm-hmm. it's like our physical health and well-being, right? We all get old and eventually we'll die. It's our mind. You know, we struggle with sinful thoughts. It's our it's our will, our just motivation to do what's right and good. So all these different parts of us are affected 
by this original sin nature that's passed on since Adam and Eve, right? And so I heard this great quote from Tim Keller. The gospel is this, that we are more wicked than we ever dared believe, but yet we're more accepted than we ever dared hope. Ooh. Isn't that beautiful? So it's like, yes, we are. We're more wicked than we would ever dare believe because that sin nature just extends to every aspect of ourselves. You know, like there's no area of my life that isn't touched by sin. And yet at the same time, we're more loved and accepted by God than we ever dared hope. It's so good and it is so... I don't know, just freeing and beautiful. And Ephesians 3 talks about that you would know the love of God that just passes all understanding and that you would be filled with the fullness of God. And so just that fullness of God is that every aspect of yourself then is filled with God and his Holy Spirit, right? So it's like the opposite of total depravity. So if total depravity is that every aspect of my life is touched by sin, the fullness of God is that every aspect of my life is full of the love of Christ. It's just that paradigm has just been really clear this week and all the things that I've been reading and thinking about and conversations that have come up. And so I thought I'd share that with you for what it's worth. (laughs) That's good. That's good. How about you? What's been on the forefront of your mind this week? So this past weekend, we took a family trip to the Mall of America in the Twin Cities in Minnesota. So they have a Nespresso store, and that's where we got our machine months ago. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And we've gotten some experience with that thing. So I took my teenage daughter and her friend into the Nespresso store because they had free samples, right? Yeah. You got to get an afternoon shot of espresso when you're spending the day at the Mall of America. Oh, it was so needed. So needed. We're waiting for our sample espresso, talking to the girls about Nespresso. And apparently I looked like I knew what I was talking about. Because all of a sudden, all these people in the store started coming up to me and asking me questions about Nespresso. Did they think you worked there? I don't think so. I think the employees were busy. Okay. It was a busy place. Sure. But I don't know what kind of vibe I was putting out, but I guess it was coffee expert. Oh, yeah. (laughs) There was this woman from Moscow. There were these uh, these other ladies who were, you know new to this whole thing. They had a Keurig, but didn't know what this one does and this one does. So they they were asking some really good questions. I don't know. I tried to play the part. And you knew all the answers because this is what you do every day. It's what I, this is my (laughs) life. And you got to get the googly eyes and put it on the machine. You know, and I didn't say that. I didn't say that. But um, that was really fun to be coffee expert for a day. Yeah. So they did have a one. And they, they didn't pay you, but they gave you a free sample. So. Right, right. Yeah. See, that's the thing, though. Like, there was one sleeve of uh, espresso pods that I really wanted to get. It was this new flavor we haven't tried yet. And I was going to pay in cash. Well, their cash drawer didn't open. Like, there was something wrong with it. So I couldn't actually get my espresso pods, right? Mm. So I got I, I had to walk out of the store, and I didn't get my coffee, but I did get some work experience. Okay. So I'm going to count that. <laughs> 
<laughs> for what that's worth. But here's the thing. Okay, so our youngest child, she's seven years old. And again, like a whole day at the Mall of America. And we were going on rides and everything. And by mid-afternoon, she was wiped out. Yeah, understandably so. And she got tired. And I could see that. And she's like, my legs are tired. (laughs) (laughs) My legs are tired. (laughs) So it's like, okay, she's our youngest, right? And she's seven. She's getting bigger. But I, I picked her up and I carried her around for a little bit and it didn't take long before she fell asleep on my shoulder mm-hmm. and man like she's our youngest and I want to make this moment last as long as I can mm-hmm. like I want her to grow and mature and you know I kind of want to launch her into adulthood someday mm-hmm. but as long as she's willing to sleep on my shoulder yeah i mean at some point she's gonna be like awkwardly big for that like when she's 17 (laughs) what even at seven that just doesn't happen very often i know yeah so i totally took advantage of that and just carried her around till till i was getting tired Mm -hmm. and i actually sat down on a bench at legoland amidst all the chaos and she's sleeping and then i started nodding off and i wasn't the only dad doing that so (laughs) but that was a that was a wonderful sweet moment and i'm gonna i I don't i don't want to lose that Mm, that's really nice way to be a good dad i try thank you well Thank you for joining us for Forefront. We are Adam and Christina Hannon. I hope that you'll rate and review our podcast. Maybe think about subscribing. And we look forward to talking with you more next week.